Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the spirit of Texas alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows. The good and the bad. But most importantly, you'll learn. Welcome to The Beef. The Beef. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Beef Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. I know I sound like a broken record. I've said this a million times, but if you're not following me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all those places, man, we are posting the stuff that we're doing all the time, trying to get you some behind-the-scenes looks, some of the cool stuff we go to, like Podcast Movement, where I met our awesome guests that we have today. So joining me in the studio, I have Andrea Sager. She is the CEO and founder of Legalpreneur. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, nice to see you again. Even though we met in Dallas, we actually both live in Houston, which is really cool. But yeah, excited to be here. It's always exciting when you're at a conference and there's so many people that are there I mean, internationally, nationwide, yeah. all that stuff. And then you run into somebody and, you know, they're like, oh, well, I'm from, you know, this little little area in Texas called Clear Lake. And it's like, oh, yeah, we know where that's at. We know exactly <laughs> where you are. So uh, yeah. it's fun when you run into somebody that way. But I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This is a pretty exciting one. We have a lot of business owners that listen in. And so I think that your product just kind of aligns with our audience. And a lot of people are really going to gain some valuable insights into what you do and why you do it. But we always start out with an icebreaker question. So our icebreaker question today, super serious. What is your favorite meal to cook and why? To cook? Oh, man. Like a full meal? I mean, if you if you don't like to cook, you can say I hate cooking, you know, but Well, I do hate cooking, but my favorite thing to make is popcorn on the stove. So, mm. I don't know if you remember at Podcast Movement, they did actually have fresh popcorn. Yep. I love popcorn, but I'm to the point where I, when I was a kid, I loved microwavable popcorn, but now I only love like fresh popcorn and I love making it on the stove. I'm a popcorn junkie. So I'm right there with you. I still eat the microwavable popcorn. My kids love it when we have movie (laughs) night and we pop that popcorn and, Uh uh, you know, they like to throw M&Ms in theirs and all this other stuff, mix it up, but just good old like extra butter popcorn. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite. I've actually never cooked it on the stove. Oh, it's so good. And now my kids are so spoiled with popcorn. They're like, I want to make it on the stove. I want to sit me up on the counter so I can see it pop. So, Yep. That's your fault, though. You did it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Man, for me, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of cooking. But when I do, I do enjoy, I guess, the satisfaction of like coming up with a meal and putting it together, working so hard mm-hmm. on it, putting it down in front of people and they enjoy it. You know, yeah. uh, for Thanksgiving, I smoked my first turkey ever. Oh, last nice. year. And it was so phenomenal. Like I've never had, I'm not a big turkey fan, but mm. it was so moist and just perfect. And I know a lot of people hate that word moist, but uh, it was people don't like perfect. that word. 
I know it's like a, a taboo thing. You're not supposed to say it. People just don't like it. It's weird. But I would say my favorite recipe, we just tried a new recipe one night and just started, you know, following what you find on Google or whatever. And yeah. it's called loaded potato buffalo chicken casserole. And I'm a hot sauce fan. Hmm. I'm a buffalo chicken fan. I'm a loaded potato hmm. fan. So it's basically just like roasted potatoes in this buffalo sauce and a bunch of other seasonings that you kind of mix up together. And you just roast those in the oven. The prep work takes most of the time to cook it, but it's actually fairly easy. And then you just throw the chicken in that same seasoning, coat it all up, throw that on top of the potatoes, cook everything again so that it's all cooked now. And then on top of it is cheese, chives, Ooh, you know, whatever you want hungry. in there for that loaded. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. If I didn't go to lunch like right before this, I would be hungry as well. It's an amazing Well, I haven't had recipe. lunch, so I'm like, man, what do I want for lunch today? <laughs> We're recording this at 2.15 and you haven't eaten lunch yet? Oh, man, I would be Well, dying. I'm dressed in my golf apparel. I went and golfed nine holes before this. Because oh, I'm nice. about to be on the road for like three weeks. Yeah. And I was like, eh, let me go. And I'm lit like literally every single day until the middle of October is booked. And so I was like, okay, I have literally a few hours. Let me go golf before I don't golf for a whole month. Right. Well, we should have just uh, set up time for us to go golf together. And then we could have done the podcast afterward with a little mobile rig, you know? We should have done it on the golf course. That's, yeah, exactly. that's a new one. That's a new yeah. one. First one live from the golf course right there. Andrew and I have recently taken up golfing. We're not good by any means. I, I'm not. So good. it's ugly what happens out there, but we have a lot of fun doing it. And one of our favorite things to do while we're at work is to be able to crack open a cold one and mm -hmm. work throughout the day with a nice beverage in our hands. So the golf course is still that place where you can make deals and, you know, just so happens you can drink while you're on the golf course too. So, mm -hmm. exactly. But the whole reason we're here, tell us about Andrea, who you are, where you came from, uh, and how you got into entrepreneurship. Oh, man. So I'm born and raised in Houston. I went to school in a tiny town in Kentucky, and I started my first business when I was leaving college going to law school because I was I actually made pretty good money in college because I was in ROTC I was in the National Guard but then I went from college to law school when you can't work I was like oh my gosh what am I gonna do now I'm gonna be really poor so what I started doing was selling clothes out of my closet on Poshmark and this was way back in the day when Poshmark just launched so I was like one of the OGs on Poshmark <laughs> and nice. I literally sold everything I Sold everything, and then I started going. My my ex husband loved going to the thrift stores, so I started flipping clothes, and started making decent money there. And then after that, I was like, I want to start, you know, buying new clothes wholesale and reselling them on Poshmark because a lot of people were starting to do it. I was like, Oh, how do I do that? I want to do it. Started that, and I was like, Oh, I want my own website. So then I really just like had this full blown online clothing boutique. Then it. We opened a brick and mortar store. Then we started manufacturing, like literally worked my way all the way up to having like to a brick and mortar store, manufacturing from overseas, did that whole thing. And then when I got out of law school, I had the big job. I had, you know, the dream job at a big law firm. We were in Kentucky at the time, northern Kentucky, which is which borders Ohio. So I was ended up working in Cincinnati and I sold the store 
because I was like, oh, this is my dream job. And then I remember my first week there, I was sitting in the office and it hit me all of a sudden. I saw all these old men walking around in three-piece suits. And I was like, oh my gosh, they've been here since they were my age. (laughs) And I, I will never forget that. That first week, it just hit me. I was like, They've been here since they've my, they're my age. They like they're in the office every single day. I was like, I don't want to be in the office every single day. And I used to say, being a business like being a business owner, being an entrepreneur before getting that job, it hurt. I, I say it hurt me. It really. I say it just screwed me because I was like, I'm never going to be a good employee. It obviously it didn't hurt me. It just like led me on my path. And so from the first business, the boutique, I had a lot of connections to business owners, boutique owners, and they would constantly come to me for questions when I was at the big firm, like, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And normally they just couldn't afford the firm's rates. And finally, I had somebody who said, hey, Andrea, I don't care how much it is. I need a trademark and I want you to help me. I'm a first year attorney and I'm thinking, wonderful, they're going to love me. That's going to be my little place in the firm. I'm going to be a rainmaker, just bringing in business. No. I had a partner tell me to my face, we do not want small businesses. They're not quality clients. And this client in particular, she was, I mean, I remember looking up to her because she was multiple six figures, almost a million dollar boutique. And I didn't understand. I was like, what, are you, what is he talking about? Like, she's going to pay the rates. I don't, I don't, I didn't understand. But that was my defining moment. And I think a lot of us have these defining moments in our lives when we realize I am like, this is not what I meant to be doing. There is something out there. There is something so much better out there for me and I'm going to go do it. So finally I realized, okay, it's time for me to go out on my own. And so I was slowly planning my exit and we were planning, my ex-husband and I, we were still married. We were going to leave Cincinnati, move to Houston because my family's here. Just, we had put our house for sale on Monday. Wednesday, I remember texting him and saying, I hate this place. Like, I just want to quit right now. Blah, blah, blah. I have enough money to save that we can, because he was staying home with our son at the time. And I was just ready to quit. And he said, wait until we have a contract on the house. That way we know the house is going to sell and then you can quit. Perfectly reasonable. I was like, great. Yes, absolutely. I can do that. Friday, my managing partner and my mentor walk into my office and I knew exactly what they were walking into my office for. Because I'm, I mean, I'm Hispanic, I'm female, former army, like I'm like all these minorities rolled into one. So I knew that if I was going to get fired, they had to give me a severance package. And I was kind of just like holding on and doing the bare minimum anyway. And I always tell people I manifested getting fired, got a severance package to move down to Houston, buy a new house and Launched my firm the day they fired me. Had my first client that night. And so Andrea Sager Law was born. Because immediately I remember telling all those boutique owners, hey, I'm officially out on my own. It happened a little quicker than I was planning. And like literally the floodgates opened, which was amazing. And so what I did was launch the law firm. We grew like super quick, almost unheard of for a small business owner or even a solo firm owner. We hit a million dollars within two years. And what happened was we launched our legalpreneur membership, which gave all access to clients to us because we did flat fees. We didn't want to charge hourly. And a lot of times they would just send us an email. It would take me two minutes to respond. I'm like, I don't want to charge them for this. But at the same time, all these little emails add up. 
So somebody said, hey, can I just pay you every month and you answer all my emails or answer all my questions, whether it's an email, phone call? I was like, yeah, that's genius. Let's do that. Then the membership took off. And so I was really at a fork in the road a little over a year ago. And my COO, who's my best friend, Kayla, who y'all met at Podcast Movement, I basically was like, okay, we either hire more attorneys or we go all in with Legalpreneur, which, so we had the Legalpreneur membership in the law firm. And then we had launched Legalpreneur, the company, which is, I call it at the time, it was my side hustle, selling contract templates, a lot of DIY stuff. And essentially, it was like, okay, it's time. It is time to go all in with Legalpreneur. And so we did that a year ago. We launched our app in April of this year, which Kayla built on her own. And now we're just rocking and rolling, building Legalpreneur to sell for a billion dollars one day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they always say that some of the best things come out of you being put in a position almost against your will. What a story to hear of like, you're wanting to quit. Like this is already on the horizon anyway. And then they just did it for you in a better way. Because instead of quitting and foregoing the severance package, you know, it's like if they'd had a little more patience, you'd have been gone anyway. Yep, absolutely. And it was crazy how quickly everything happened because we were to the point where we were just miserable in Cincinnati and we wanted to get out. And it was to the point, okay, we got to wait till the house sells. And my ex-husband was staying home at the time and he really, he didn't want me to go out on my own because obviously it's not guaranteed money. So it was also kind of me like waiting to get a job because I was also applying, but I didn't really want a job. And it just happened. Like I got fired. I got the severance package, launched my firm that night, immediately had clients and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. The the subscription model, man, it's weird how today's society, I guess we're kind of getting sick of subscription models in a way, but it's it's so much better in my eyes. Like it just, it works out better because it's, you know, like you said, if you think about it in that way of having to come up with like in a, in a website, for instance, you know, with us doing marketing, if you come to us and you want a website built for $12,000, we'll do it all day long. Like that's not a problem, but who as a small business owner has 12 K just laying around, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, a small business could be someone making $4,999,000 a year. Sure. They may have that money laying around, but the majority of like those mom and pop shops, small businesses that you want a way to reach out and help. But at the same time, like you said, I mean, it's not bad if, if the money is not there, then you can't have a company to run to help those people. So it's not bad to say that they're not my target client. You know, they're, they're not going to pay that $12,000 out of pocket and be able to just meet that, that requirement, you know, like for you at a law firm, it was y'all's rates. But it's like now we can step back and find a way to help by switching to that subscription model where you're getting what you want. You're getting a $12,000 website, but you're getting it with the maintenance package and everything else for 500 bucks a month. So it's like, why wouldn't you want that subscription model where in the end, if you if you truly added up the subscription pricing for just having the maintenance on your website. And then you add up how much the website costs. You'd be paying a lot more than 500 bucks a month over 24 months, you know, and it's not a contract you're locked into. Right. So legalpreneur is the same way as beefy. This is a a, kind of an a la carte type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to have our membership where 
we didn't have any type of monthly commitment. Now we do have a 12-month commitment at a lower rate, but we do have okay. month to month. And the only reason we actually started the 12-month commitment is because we saw so many people that would leave, come back, leave, come back. Yep. And really, they were just looking for a quick Band-Aid fix. And, it, and we would constantly try to tell them like, hey, we really need to do this. We need to do this. And so we made it a lower price if they did the 12-month commitment. And it's like, hey, we're going to be super proactive and make sure we get all these things done and set up correctly up front. That way, you don't have to keep having to come back. Get it all done correctly at the beginning, and you're good to go. Yeah. So what is the average cost? If I don't even know if you know this, but what's the average cost that a business spends on legal representation a year under the traditional method? It varies widely because, I mean, you can talk to, you know, many business owners like, oh, I've never done anything legal protection wise. And you can do that for years and years. I've had many clients that have come to me after not even dealing with a with an attorney for five years, 10 years. And then they come to us and it's like, oh, they've got themselves in some deep, so I was going to say, side question and- <laughs> then, how much can that cost them in the long run? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, I have to have that hard conversation that, hey, if you would have just done the right thing at the beginning, this would have cost you 1000 or $2,000 versus now 10K plus. So I have a client right now. This is, oh, this is happening right now. It's one of those ideal situations, like I told you so. So three years ago, I had this client. She was a friend. We met in a mastermind and she was growing really quickly. And I was like, hey, we can help you with this. We can help you with this. Like, let's make sure you're legally set up. She's like, yes, please. I need to make sure all that's done correctly. Da, da, da. So get her contracts done. We're trying to work on her trademark. And I we do a trademark search for her. And there's another brand, literally pretty much the same exact name. Mm. And She's like, oh, well, I love my name. I'm, I'm not going to rebrand. I'll just wait to see if they come after me. And I'm like, hey, this is trademark infringement. You need to change your name now. She's like, no, I mean, I'm just a small fish. They're not going to worry about me. Blah, 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 blah. That whole spiel when you think, ah, eh, they're never going to come after me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Literally two weeks ago. This was three years ago. Two weeks ago, she's emailing me, texting me, freaking out. Like, I got this cease and desist letter and blah, 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 blah. They're threatening to sue me. Da, da, da. And I'm like, of course, I'm not telling her I told you so. But in my head, I'm like, I told you so. And right. the thing is, and this is the big thing that people don't see at the time. Because there's literally nothing I could have done at that time to get her to see the big picture and really understand, like, hey, you need to do this now. Like, she just wasn't seeing it. So right now what she's paying me to handle the legal stuff for her is eh, like a thousand dollars. I don't think it'll go over $2,000, but she has to rebrand. And now three years later, she's a multi seven figure business has a much bigger brand. And she's, she's literally dying inside because of the SEO attached to her name, all the podcasts she's been on, like every, she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to lose this. I'm like, I told you this three years ago and right. she, not that she was getting mad at me, but she was getting really frustrated and she's like, there's nothing you can do. I'm like, no, I told you this three years ago. And I have to obviously say it in a nice way that doesn't sound like, bitch, I told you this three years ago. Don't be coming <laughs> at me like this. <laughs> yep. I know. So, I mean, that literally is just textbook example of why you need to take care of it at the beginning because even if the legal stuff doesn't cost an arm and a leg, even if you don't actually get sued rebranding is one of the biggest headaches you will ever have to face as a business owner, which I'm sure you guys can attest to. 
Oh yeah. I mean, we've, you know, we do it for all sorts of reasons, whether it's a company is looking for just kind of like reimagining who they are, they've got bought out, a legal reason, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Rebranding is, it's tough. Like there's a reason why we charge $10,000 for the complete branding package. And it's because there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, I mean, I'm talking meetings, sitting down, talking with people just to try and figure out who your target client is and writing an entire story about fictitious people that you're trying to find that are real life, all the way down to creating the logo, recreating all of the content that goes with that logo. So people don't think about envelopes and folders and websites and all of those things. And the $10,000 branding package doesn't include rebuilding the website and all these other things that you need to get. So while a lot is included, you still have other expenses that are going to be there. And then, like you said, if you have to have that legal representation on top of it, that's just another expense that you're adding into it. I would say branding is something that even as an entrepreneur myself, I never thought about it when I opened up my first DJ company and I named it JD's Mobile DJ Services. Spell yeah. that for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> put that in an email. Try and spell J Kelly at JD's Mobile DJ Services.com correctly. And send me an email the first time when I just tell that to you on the phone. And it's like just little things like that you need to think about and talk to somebody who does this for a living that can help you out. And that's kind of how I see the legal side of things. It's like, you know, we don't think about that. It's like, well, you can go on Secretary of State's website and do all your formation documents yourself. You can. And then when you have an error and something's wrong on that because you don't do this all day every day, or you go in, you file your taxes and something's wrong and you get charged those penalties and interest and all that stuff on top of it. It's like, well, if you'd have paid me, you know, 500 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month, whatever your price point is on your package, it's like you'd have saved so much money in the long run. What oh, for services sure. do you provide? Because I know obviously I've seen some of this stuff. We've talked um, while we were in Dallas and all that, but there's obviously some things that you probably offer I don't know about. And of course, the person listening right now, they probably are still asking themselves, so what the heck is this? Is it a law firm or is it, you know, so just kind of give us like that elevator pitch of what legalpreneur is, what you have to offer and who your target, your target market is. Yeah. So legalpreneur number one is not a law firm. We teach you everything you didn't know you needed to know about the legal side of your business and provide the protection. So Number one way to get started is our legal protection playbook. It's literally $37, teaches you everything you didn't know you needed to know. And it also it actually comes with a one-on-one call with me because every business has specific needs. You have legitimately what your business needs is going to be different from your best friend's business who may be doing something very similar. So that's why we do the one-on-one call to make sure you know exactly what needs to get done in the business. And then from there, really, it's figuring out, okay, should I be on the DIY route or done for you working with an attorney? We have basically everything that a small business needs. We can help you get it done. Do it on your own. We have contract templates. We can file your LLC for you. We have a trademark course. Just a lot of resources to make sure you're getting that protection done up front without spending an arm and a leg. Because that's one of the scariest things for business owners. Number one not knowing what you need when it comes to legal stuff. Because most business owners, when they get started, they know there's something legally that needs to get done, but they don't know exactly what needs to get done. And the LLC is a great starting point, but it's not everything. And then besides knowing what you need, it's the cost associated with it. And that's what deters so many business owners. And it 
whole it ends up holding them back subconsciously because they know in the back of their head if they don't get it done subconsciously like oh I don't want to get too big because I don't want some somebody to find out that I'm not legit I'm a fraud or this or that it I've seen it subconsciously hold back so many business owners so we try to make everything incredibly affordable because we just want to make sure every single business owner is protected and at the end of the day I tell everyone everything is figure outable Clients come to like people will come to me in my DMs like, hey, can I file an LLC on my own? I'm like, absolutely. Like you do not have to pay an attorney. You don't have to pay legalpreneur to file it. You can get it done on your own. But like you said, like making sure it gets done the right way. That's that's one thing. So we have the DIY route and then we have our legalpreneur membership that's working directly with an attorney. And part of that is we either, you know, we'll file your LLC for you or if you already have it, we check the compliance because I can't tell you how many people have come to us and they're like, yeah, I have my LLC and come to find out it's actually not in compliance. Maybe they did actually get it filed, but they didn't get the right EIN number. They didn't, you know, they don't even have an operating agreement things like that. And then the membership, you get all access to your own attorney, legitimately unlimited emails, a phone call every month, document review, access to all of our contract templates, discount on additional services, and a lot of things in there that you are really helpful for a small business owner. Yeah. Do you have like a set pricing schedule or does it just kind of depend on what you need? So we have the membership at $349 a month or $34.99 for the year. And that is with the 12-month commitment. Right now, the month-to-month option is $399 a month, and you can cancel at any time. That will be going up once we get our app a little bit more advanced. <laughs> once we get our 1.0 version out there, right now it's very MVP. But there's a few things in there that we're going to be launching in early 2023 on the app that will allow us to have it at a higher price point each month uh, on the month-to-month. We will keep it at the 349 with a 12-month commitment. But what we're going to be adding is DocuSign. It's not going to be called DocuSign, but essentially once you create those contracts in the app, you can send it from our app to be signed to the other party or you can sign them yourself in the app. Customizing the contracts, clients love that because you literally, when you log in on the app, you get everything set up, create your profile, put all your business information. All you do is literally go select what contract you have or what contract you need, and it auto-populates from that information. So maybe you just have to change the client name, things like that. Super simple. That's probably the fan favorite or the client favorite for all of our current Legalpreneur members. And it's so funny to see how far we've come because when I started this, it was literally like, hey, email me if you have questions. Uh, here's my Calendly link if you need to schedule a call. Here, it, you know, go over here to get your contract templates. And it was just literally everywhere, back and forth. It was very clunky. And we had no idea that it was going to grow as much as it did. And so finally, it was to the point where it was like, we have to have an app. Like there's literally, I don't even want to bring in another person until we have an app just to keep everything in one place. So got that launched earlier this year, which has been amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine you had to be running out of time to book on your calendar. Yeah. Like I was literally booked out for a month one time. I remember (laughs) this one time we had a really big launch. We were doing webinars and we had this big launch and somebody signed up. They're like, um, I can't even get a call for at least a month. Like this is a waste of money. And so I, I would, I had to open up more calendar time and I was already trying to be protective of my time, but it literally was to the point I was on calls back to back to back from like 9am to 5pm. And I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> that seems like it would drain your sanity pretty quickly. It it was. We were just growing and which was great, obviously, but it was to the point where we were like, okay, we have to hire more attorneys or kind of switch up the model and go all in with legalpreneur instead yeah. of a law firm. So. so backing up to when you first kind of founded the law firm and then legalpreneur, give us a timeline on that again. Like how long ago are we talking? Because it seems like we're talking pretty recent. So this isn't something that happened in the 90s. This is kind of recent yeah. talk. So I started at the big firm October 2nd, 2017. I got fired at the end of April 2018. So I was there for like seven or eight months. And the day I got fired that night, I went and I posted in some Facebook groups like, hey, I'm officially on my own. And then the email started rolling in and Andrea Sager Law was born. And end of April, May 2018 was when I launched the law firm. Yeah. Man, small businesses, not just because, you know, we... Well, I mean, I know we're still a small business. I don't know about you uh, with the growth that you've had. Definitely still small for now. (laughs) Yeah. We should be a protected class. You know, it's an important group of people. And and I don't mean like us personally. I mean, as far as the businesses go and uh, the jobs that they create and the things, the services that we provide for clients and things like that, that you know, you need, you need small businesses and and not to mention, just like our intro says, small businesses are the backbone of this country. And what a problem to have when you're in such a big firm that your first statement is, we don't want them because they're a small business. Like that's a high profile client you're going after. I don't think people really understand that making $5 million or less a year is a small business, you know, because to us, it's like, no, that's, that's a big business. And it's like, yeah, it is. But as far as, as we're concerned, you know, when you're just a a corporation or an LLC and you've got your company and there's 10, 15 employees maximum, you know, sometimes it's just two, three, four, five of them. And you're making less than, you know, a million dollars a year, then it's, it's kind of hard to look up and say, well, that $5 million a year would make me totally different, but you're still a small company. Yeah. And uh, I think it sucks that somebody can say that. They were a very big law firm. They, in so some of the clients were like Kroger, Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. I mean, those were, that, that, that's, that was their clients. Yeah. Which, hey, you know what? More power to them. I mean, you got to know who your client is and you got to go after them. And I exactly. wouldn't say that yep. they were wrong for telling you, you know, don't go after those small businesses because they're not. But I'm like you, it's hard for me to tell somebody no. Right. And we have yeah. that here where it's like, well, they're not a good fit. You know, they, they don't want to pay the prices. And, and I've had that conversation with people on the phone. I'm like, I wish I could help you. And I wish you could afford us. But we have to be protective of no, first of all, we're not going to cheapen our product by giving it away for cheaper. Second of all, we're not priced high because we can be. We're priced high because we have to be. And we're not high in the market. You know, there's marketing agencies that charge way more than us and marketing agencies that charge way lower. And I'm sure you are in the exact same boat as far as law firms are concerned and do-it-yourself business apps are concerned. But it's like, dude, I still want to help everybody. And I'm trying to find a way to help everybody. So we actually did the same thing as you. You know, we have a playbook. I love that. Hopefully, you're probably going to be coming up with some webinars. If not, I know a good company that can help you do that. But some webinars, ebooks, those kinds of things, you know, they're killer for being able to help people who can't 
necessarily afford the big stuff, but can take that playbook and realize why they want to hire you, but maybe get some of it done until they can afford to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what I've always done is lead with the education. I remember I learned this from Ramit Sethi. I used to always follow him. I have you, Do you know who he is? Uh, not off the top of my head, but if I saw, probably. So he wrote the book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And he got really big when he republished the second version a couple of years ago. But I remember reading the book when it first came out. I think it was like 2009, 2010. And I've always, so I followed him since then. And he used to always talk about educating for free. And then you charge a premium when they want to work with you. And I, I still don't think we charge a premium when they work with us. But because the legal stuff is so taboo and people have no idea where to even begin, I have always led with free education. So that's why we used to do a ton of webinars, do a ton on TikTok, Instagram, the podcast that we have, a ton of just free education because we know that once our audience is educated and they're ready to grow, they're ready to get that legal protection, they're going to come to us because they already trust us. And that's why I I love businesses that lead with that model because it's Literally, it's a no-fail model. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I just, I guess the key word we kind of focus on is relational. You know, it's, we're building relationships. It's a relational marketing strategy. I want to be a partner with you and I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. We help each other out. We do. And that's why we do like this podcast. You know, we bring people on and it may not be like you're super successful. It's not like you need this podcast to stay alive. But at the same time, you do need this podcast for more exposure and for more just people taking you seriously. Like it it lends some credibility to your name of, yeah, like people are having me on. We're talking about these things. I'm out there. I'm not a fly by night company. I'm not disappearing tomorrow. It helps, you know, so that's why we do it. And it's like, this is free. You don't have to buy anything from me. I mean, you haven't purchased anything from me. So it's like, you can be on this show, get this for free. We build a relationship and then one day the money will follow. That's the big thing that we follow. And it's like, hey, if you need some help with you know, social media playbook, yeah, that's going to cost you some money because that's some one-on-one training and some things that we're going to do. But when it comes to marketing, man, we're giving that advice out all the time on social media, on our website, everywhere. There's blog posts you can read. We're about to start publishing some webinars. Andrew's writing a book. I mean, we're doing the same thing that it sounds like you've done. And it's just killer that like you said, it is minority owned, right? So Hispanic female owned business, like there's people that can listen to the show and be inspired by that, that it doesn't matter what your sex is, your race is, anything. You can be successful in any business you want to. And I mean, a law firm is, I, I think it's been a male dominated market for so long. For sure. Um, so that- it's cool to see a trailblazer <laughs> in that, that's that scenario. Yeah, I'll share something with you. So last week I went to San Antonio. So September 15th started Hispanic Heritage Month. And a lot of VC venture capital firms, they're trying to do a really big push on women-led and people of color. And his, his I always say Hispanic, VCs, they want to use Latinx. So whatever. Yep, that's the new. Latinx. Yeah own businesses, they get less than 2% of all VC funding. So there's a huge push for Latinx. And to be like a female Latin Hispanic business owner, even less, like I think it's less than 1%. And wow. last week they had this Latinx tech summit in San Antonio and they had a pitch competition. Well, I saw the email come through a few weeks ago 
And they're like, oh, you can submit your company to pitch. And I was like, sure, I'll submit. I've never done this before, but we'll see what happens. And then I got an email the week before. It's like, hey, you've been selected to pitch. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. What do I do? <laughs> now it's real. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I went and I pitched. And I so I ended up getting fourth place. And which I wasn't happy with fourth. I mean, I'm still very grateful. Sure. Yeah. But I, you know, overachiever over here. I wanted to absolutely. I wanted first and whatever comes before first. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But I can't tell you how many people mention that about being female in the legal space, even Hispanic in the legal space, because you know you have Legal Zoom, Rocket Lawyer. If you go to any of their websites, they're not marketing to millennials, Gen and Gen Z. But it is. It is time for a huge shakeup, and so I'm. We're going to be raising in probably early 2023, and just getting those connections already it was amazing because they were just as excited. They're like, "I can't believe you're." I mean, not that they were like, "I can't believe you are female and Hispanic," but this is wonderful that you are female and Hispanic and shaking up this industry because it is much needed. I mean, we saw Legally Blonde, you know, so we know <laughs> Ruth Witherspoon became a successful uh, lawyer a long time ago. Yep. No, but in all seriousness, that's the crazy part about just society as a whole where we're at is it's like, it's not that women haven't been lawyers before. I mean, it's been happening for a long time. It's just how long that process takes oh, to yeah. go from a white male dominated market, because that's just what it was, to seeing those changes occur. And then all of a sudden, like you said, it's that trickle down of like, well now, yeah, it doesn't matter what race you are, what sex you are, gender, whatever you want to call it. You know, you can be a lawyer. Like we all know that we all agree to that, except the crazies. That's a generally accepted thing, but it's like all these other little things that kind of like finger off to the side of that main body of belief of just like, well, wait a minute, but we also have to change, like you said, the funding side of it and the grant side of it and all these other things that go into it where it's like, well, yeah, now we still have more changes to make. We still have more progress to to go through and see. So it's crazy. I think society as a whole, that's just kind of where we're at right now. But yeah, I love crazy. inspiring other people because, you know, you just never think of it from that perspective of like, For instance, I had for a while a Hispanic, Latinx, female firefighter with me. So similar market, you know, this is a lot of men do this job. Even today, it's not something I don't think firefighting will ever be one of those jobs that's female dominated or uh, maybe even a 50-50 mix. But there are some some women out there that can outperform a lot of men out there in the firefighting world. And this firefighter that I had working with me excellent firefighter, but that was one of my most exciting things to do was we would pull up on scene to go do this like public relations event. And then we're handing out helmets and everyone loves seeing the firefighters, but you know, there's a special gleam in that little girl's eye when she sees a girl that's on the fire truck. That's like, wait a minute. Oh, I can be a firefighter too. Like, okay, uh-huh. awesome. You know, cause we aren't in schools like telling little girls, Hey, you need to go be a firefighter. We're telling them whatever, like be president, be, you know, be the first female president, be rich, be successful. But we don't tell people as much as we should. I think go be a cop, go be a firefighter, go be a Mm -hmm. nurse, you know, do things that are going to matter to society and help society. Um, But even more so when it's a little Hispanic girl and then my firefighter can start speaking Spanish to her and it just like throws them for a loop, you know, and it's just really cool to see. I love 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 those inspiring stories. So Uh I feel like that's awesome. 
I feel like whatever language is used to say, like, I can't believe you're a female Hispanic in this business. I just see it as more of like an inspiration, you know, of like you're inspiring people to see what you're doing and creating and innovating. I mean, legalpreneur sounds like an innovation. It's a change to the status quo that we would see where typically, yeah, that's how it would be is I need to go hire a CPA firm to open my business or I need to go hire a law firm to open my business, you know, to help me do it the right way. But now what you're telling me is I can save a whole lot of money and do it myself, but have some expert guidance. Or I can pay you the money to answer my questions and help me out with it. So that's pretty killer. Where do we find you? Where do we support you? Like, what do you have going on as far as website, social media, all that stuff? Thank you. Yeah. So the playbook is at thelegalpreneur.co. And we have the Legalpreneur podcast. We have where I'm over on TikTok at thelegalpreneur. Instagram, The Legalpreneur. We have a blog. We have a lot of free information on our full website, which is thelegalpreneur.com. But yeah, we have anything that you need. I also, I do have a book coming out in January. It's called Legalpreneur, The Business Owner's Guide to Legally Protecting Your Business. So be on the lookout for that come January. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have, you know, at the bottom of our show notes, we always link our guests and all their social pages and the company's information, all that stuff. So we're going to make sure to link your podcast down there. That way people can take a listen to that. What is just so that, you know, someone who's listening to this show right now and they're like, well, I don't know if I even need to listen to that podcast. What are you talking about over there? And what are y'all doing over there? Well, I switched it up this year. So now I'm doing three episodes a week. I And well, they're not long episodes. So Monday is a short legal episode, just, quick tidbit because if you throw too much legal at somebody they're like what oh yeah (laughs) so we break it down every monday just a little bit of legal to keep it going in your head and then wednesday is an interview with an amazing business owner let them chat about their business highlight them and then also have them talk about what they have or have not done with the legal stuff in their business so that way we can highlight, hey, they're an amazing business owner and this is what they've done or this is how they got in trouble because they didn't legally protect their business. So really candid. And then Friday is more of a business episode. So I have always been asked by people like, hey, can you coach me? Can you mentor me? And I'm like, I don't want to be a coach. I I just want to build my business. But what I've learned, honestly, is that I have a lot to give and I can serve in many valuable ways. So that's what Fridays are for is just to give some, another short episode, some tidbits about business in general. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That's something I've thought about. So we're actually renaming the show and we're going to rebrand the show. Uh, Everything's going to remain the same. If you're subscribed to the beef, the new name that pops up is going to be still, you're going to be a subscriber to that. Nothing's going to change. It's just going to be a different intro, outro, all that stuff. And that is something I've thought about doing is just take and say like the story of Coca-Cola, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, let's just, I'm going to narrate for 10 to 15 minutes, the story of Coca-Cola kind of in my own words, some things that I want to talk about. Um, and then some facts about them and and what they did for a marketing side of things, you know, so it kind of brings that into it, but it's such a great way to kind of help bring different listeners in because, you know, this is an interview style podcast. So someone may 
kind of see that, well, okay, it's not just the host talking for 10 to 15 minutes. It's him and a guest for 30, 40, 50 minutes every single episode. Not my thing. I'm out, yeah. you know, so maybe I can yeah. capture that listener by showing them some different content, a little shorter form that they might like. So that's really that's cool awesome. that you kind of change that up and, and do some things. I'm a weirdo, so I like reading law. I have often toyed with you the idea <laughs> after I finally finished my like 10 year bachelor degree that I'm doing, uh, you know, half time, part time and a couple of years, no time. I'm like, I kind of want to go to law school because yeah. I don't know. I just, it's so interesting the way things are written. It's kind of like a puzzle. I see it like a puzzle yeah. of just trying to figure out because of the way that we write laws in this country can sometimes be Archaic. just absolutely asinine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, the big one I know, because I I teach license to carry in Texas, mm -hmm. and so I know Chapter 9 Penal Code, like, I mean, God, I haven't done a whole lot of classes recently, but when I was doing those classes every single week, I could almost recite you Chapter 9 Penal Code, you know, verbatim, yeah. Section 931, 932, 933, mm -hmm. and use of force, and then use of deadly force, and defenses to prosecution, and all that stuff. And it just, it nerds me out. Like I love reading that stuff and then seeing the exceptions down at the bottom. And so you see all these like arguments on Facebook that pop off and people are like, well, that's not legal because they got shot in the back. And it's like, well, you're reading the first part of the law, you know, talking about the threat. But then it also has another part down at the bottom where it says that if they're fleeing after performing a deadly act or an act of aggression that could lead to serious bodily injury or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I find that stuff exciting. But I know a lot of people listening, they're probably like, dude, that is the most nerdy, like just boring <laughs> stuff. I could go to sleep to it. But I'm assuming that you kind of break it down into layman's terms. Exactly. And kind of bring yeah. that knowledge in a way that it's like, all right, the average listener is not going to be just listening to you reading. All right. Section 941, Chapter 9, Penal Code, uh, blah, 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 blah. This is what it says. Yeah. You're going to be talking to us and telling us this is what you need to know. Yeah. I've actually been told many, many times that's my gift in life is actually being able to truly break down the legal jargon and make it understandable and actually, dare I say, fun. And so that's why I think that's why we've really been able to attract the audience that we have and grow the way we have. Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to do it because I can understand <laughs> why people get bored from it easily. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I may have fallen asleep reading some of that stuff, but I don't uh, blame definitely... You. It's it can be fun, I will say. There are there's some stuff that still sucks and I have no interest in being a part of, but <laughs> well, I mean, that's awesome. I think you've got a great Thank product you. and um I know we talked to you a little bit about about it in Dallas and yeah. probably still some stuff that we need to talk to about maybe for becoming sure. customers at some point in time. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and and sharing your stories with us and all that stuff. Thank like it, it truly was a really interesting thing to hear about. So thank uh, I'm you. Glad I appreciate things worked out that. The way they did. Yeah. I'm Me glad too. you're successful. We'll definitely have, yeah. We'll definitely have to have y'all on the legalpreneur podcast. Oh, heck yeah. We've always wanted to, to do some stuff like that. And, uh, not only that, but just start promoting some things, you know, cross promoting, mm -hmm. like getting sure. uh, more information about your show out there, uh, to our listeners. And I think, I would encourage our listeners to definitely check your show out and see if they like it. Cause it sounds like you probably do some very similar things that we do as far as like the interviews and stuff. I bet they would learn something. I bet they'd uh, hear some really cool stuff. And I mean, heck probably even some words of caution for them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. 
Awesome. Yep. Well, well, thank you, thank you so again much. for being this on the show, Andrea. Amazing. We really appreciate it. Legalpreneur listeners, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Beef Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed our guest today. And all I can do is encourage you like I do every single week when we have a new episode come out. Just encourage you to go support these people that are coming out here, telling their story. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to come on a show and talk about the things that you've done and uh, your trials, tribulations, your successes. I mean, you're sharing some personal information that uh, some people just don't like to get on a show and share. So get out there, support these people. If you have a small business, if you have a big business, if you just need to talk to somebody, a lawyer, you need to get some information that'll tell you how to do it better than you have been. If you never even knew that you needed somebody to tell you the legal side of your business, then please reach out to Legalpreneur, check them out, see if they're a good fit for you, maybe become a customer. But as always, that's it for us. That's another episode, another week of the Beef Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. You've been listening to The Beef. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information that you can use. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, follow us on social media. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. Would you like your business featured on The Beef? Know a business that should be featured? Visit beefymarketing.com slash the beef. Remember, branding is about a connection with you and your people. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef.